Hello and welcome to Inspire Me Today Radio. I'm your host, Gail Lynn Goodwin. Occasionally, I read a Today's Brilliance that really touches me, so much so that I feel a need to share this with you and to interview this luminary. When I read the poem that was submitted by today's guest, I knew I had to speak with him for the truth in what he wrote really struck a chord, really touched me. This man has literally written the book for people who call themselves, quote, spiritual but not religious, who are trying to make sense of the craziness going on in the world and who are seeking a meaningful path through the global crises we collectively face. You see why I needed to talk to him? His name is David Christopher, and he's here today to share his wisdom with us. David, I am so honored to welcome you to InspireMeTodayRadio.com. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you are most welcome. As I was sharing with you in the um, introduction prior to this going live, you are my third interview today, and all three so far have been on the topic of stories. So Mm -hmm. I find this very interesting. So I want to start with, David, share a little bit. Tell us about your history, about your story, about how you got to be who you are in today's world. Hmm, that is a very big question. Well, sure, whatever um, part of it you'd like yeah. to. Well, I'm going to go with whatever comes in the um, in the moment. The probably the, let me share with you a turning point. Um, I was in a um, I worked for a cor- I was working for a corporation in Silicon Valley, and there was a time where I was on the exercise machine in the corporate gym, and I was just doing. I, I was on the stairmaster, going up and down, looking out the out the window at a fairly nice view of the Bay Area, and I was reading a book that talked about the failure of technology and the survival of indigenous nations in spite of 500 years of of um, repression, oppression, and abuse and genocide. And there was a part of me that just suddenly woke up and said, "I can't do this anymore. I can't." can't be part of this milieu, not just the corporation, but just the whole society. I, I, I started losing my sense of where, what is my purpose on this planet? Is it really to um, sell software and help software get sold and make a lot of money? And that was a turning point for me. Um, and I must say, I kind of lost direction for a bit. I went back to an old... Um, career of teaching flying for a living because I really didn't know what else to do Uh Um, and I did that for a number of years but it probably wasn't I started really finding my footing when I had an an organization that I volunteered for in San Francisco the Pachamama Alliance I know know them well yes they're they're you know the rainforest preservation NGO that's the very short answer of what they do um, and through their Awakening the Dreamer, Changing the Dream Symposium, I really started seeing, ah, here's where, here, this is beginning to make sense. This is where, this is, this is where I'm going to start exploring and finding out what it is for, there is for me to do. And what I ended up doing is in that symposium, there is a section of it that mm-hmm. called what is, that's called What is Possible for the Future?, and in that, Brian Swim and a number of other thinkers, Thomas Berry and Drew Dellinger and um, Sister Miriam McGillis uh, over at Genesis Farm on the East Coast, 
all talk about this new story, and I really just fell in love with this new story. And it reawakened something, because I'd, 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 I'd known Brian Swim from probably about 20 years ago now, where I had met him at a presentation where he was giving on this new story. And that's when I really started. It was this whole thing started probably about 15 years ago, and it was about 10 years ago when I, when I found the symposium and where it really began to solidify. And that sort of set me on the path of um, writing this book and trying to make sense of, okay, how do you live in, a, in an economy that seems bent on um, just growing at all costs, even at environmental and, and sociological and spiritual costs, and still be able to find a path that speaks to my heart and my soul and my spirit? Not an easy thing to do for many no. of us. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's easy for anyone, really. How do you... Um, go ahead. Oh, tell me again the name of the book for those that are not familiar with it. Okay. The book is called The Holy Universe, A New Story of Creation for the Heart, Soul, and Spirit. And, and the go book, ahead. The book came out when? It, the book is actually coming out on September 23rd, 2013. Congratulations. So, That's only a few yeah. days away from this taping, so this will be excellent. By the time this is released, people will be able to go download the book or purchase it through Amazon so, or wherever right now. Yeah, they, they can actually I, they can order. I'm a, I'm a big believer in go local and, and local economy and supporting independent bookstores. So if you go to my website, um, it, says, it shows you how to find a, the phone number to your local bookstore, or you can order it from me, or you can order it from Amazon. It's, it's, you know, basically, it's available in all uh, the, the usual channels that you can buy a book in. Excellent. Well, that's great. We'll go ahead and put the links directly on Inspire Me Today so that if our listeners happen to catch this, you know, a lot of people download the MP3s while they're at the gym or hiking through the woods or driving to work or whatever, just come mm -hmm. on back to Inspire Me Today, put in David Christopher, and all that information will be there for you. But mm -hmm. David, I want to go back to what you were talking about. It is difficult. I mean, I moved from most of my adult life in California and then moved to well, Lake Tahoe, Park City, and now I'm in the mountains of Montana. And for me, mm -hmm. there's something to be said for the balance of it's really easy to get on that treadmill or on that stair climber that you were on in a figurative and literal sense and not know how to get off of it. Mm -hmm. It is really, and that's why it's what brought me to the mountains in that there's something here for me that grounds me and that helps me be more sane and live a more balanced life. But for those that are in cities and that can't do these kind of things, give us some recommendations. What have you learned in this search and this path that you were on for those that might want to step off that stair climber? <laughs> well, there's a particular place, a particular thought that popped in my mind in, in the book um, where the, there, there are two, there, there's a seeker and a sage in this book. And in one instance, the sage hands this dried leaf to the seeker and said, look at this leaf, very unremarkable, isn't it? And then guides the seeker through, but look at it again. It's just a dried leaf, but look at the veins, how the veins are formed and how they're at regular intervals. Look at, you know, consider how the DNA in this leaf has an unbroken chain of four, about three and a half billion years of creation, unbroken at any time during that evolutionary process. And really look at 
this leaf and then look around look at blades of grass look at the sky look look at all of look at it at the at the at the growth that is between the buildings in the built environment it's there um it's just hidden very well for the because of the, you know the, the craziness that goes on in sure. city and uh, you know the the, the the hyperactivity if you in a sense that um that happens in cities but it's there and it really is about disciplining yourself and, and I should say disciplining myself and slowing down and being able to, to connect that way. Um, and it's just a practice. And one of the things in, in, in the piece that I wrote for uh, the Inspire Me Today, um, there, was, there was a part that said, um, be gentle with yourself or, you know, you know if, if things don't change so quickly when you're trying to change your story, you know, know that this takes a little bit of time. It's a very, the, the habits and even deeper things like the, the most, the grooves in your psyche have been cut to really behave in certain ways. So when you find yourself caught up in all the activity and in the same, um, oh God, just consumptive mode or whatever you find yourself in, realizing that, you know what, I'm disconnected here. I'm not feeling that connection that I would feel in the mountains or in, in the forest or in a, in a beautiful desert or at the coast. It, that's okay that it's not going to happen overnight, that it takes time to make that shift to even wherever you are to stop and slow down and notice where is the web of life poking through here. Where where is the tree? Even the little weeds. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's astonishing how you you can't kill all the weeds. They no, you're not going to do that. They're there and they're they're waving at you, saying, "Hey, take a look at us." Yeah, exactly. I was hiking just the other day and I was going up a rock face, and in the middle of what appeared to be this granite rock face with no break whatsoever, there's a plant. Yeah. And it's like where you know I. I stood there on the edge of this rock talking to this plant going where are your roots where are you how do you do this <laughs> you know because it perseveres life makes life life happens no matter what yes. and that little plant you know was it was almost like i stopped and i bent down and i looked at it like you were put here just for me weren't you do you know what i mean <laughs> because so many yeah. times we go through life and we have these challenges the, the boulders the rocks whatever and like what you're saying, life will continue. Those little mm -hmm. plants grow up everywhere, even between tall buildings and cities. Well, talk to me a little bit, David, about adversity, fear, mm -hmm. those kind of things that I think a lot of people still deal with, being that we're, you know, humans. Um, but talk to us a little bit from the perspective of when fear or adversity come across your path, how do you deal with it? Oh boy, that's that's something I should know really, really well because it happens a lot. Um, uh, I don't know about adversity part because the the story I have in my head around adversity is a little twisted in that I'm very fortunate. I I have good work. I don't have to worry about my next meal. That really a lot of um, well, there there are a couple things coming up. So let me start with the first one. Um, there's there, there are times where a problem will come up and I will start spinning it into, oh, my God, this is a nightmare. And this happened very recently, and I suddenly stopped myself and said, no, this is not a nightmare. This is a hassle. This is a problem. This is not 
a, that big of a deal. It's important. It needs attention. I have to deal with this. And, but there's no need for me to spend a whole lot of extra psychic energy and turning it into a nightmare. You know, if, if a f close friend of mine has a serious accident, that's a nightmare. If a child catches a serious, has a serious disease, a serious disease, that's a nightmare. If you're, something happens to your partner or your spouse, that is just life-shaking. Okay, now those things are nightmares, perhaps. But the day-to-day -day problems we run into, I find I have to really stop myself. In fact, um, there's a little story I'll tell you about the piece that I wrote. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. There was mm -hmm. a point where I was really just getting into, oh, my God, what is going to happen? And I actually stopped and I yelled out loud at myself saying, what are you doing? Stop this. Stop this story. Stop this, 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 um, this story that you're putting out there. And I just got up and I clean the house because it was really need, needed a really deep cleaning so I spent about two hours just <laughs> cleaning the house convenient timing exactly well it, it, it really I, I found that my, my physical environment was beginning to match this deep nightmarish story I was creating it's like no it's not it's you know it, it's something that you really yes you need to pay attention to but don't don't turn this into something where you're going into deep dark places unnecessarily um in fact, it's very. It was interesting that when I was actually writing this particular piece, the mind your stories, I was actually in the throes of that. Um, in fact, there was a part of me that just felt like, who am I to be writing an inspirational thing for today? Um, and I realized I was doing that again. I had what had happened was I had made a, a I had made a pretty serious blunder at work. And I'm the kind of person who really, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, unfortunately, uh -huh. or fortunately, depending on um, how you look at it in a situation. And I really took it deep in and took it to heart, like I have failed miserably here. And again, it was that same spinning into the story, and it's, it's out of that darkness that somehow I stopped, looked at what I was doing, and that's when this particular piece poured out. Well, now it maybe is. you know the reason behind the blunder. Uh-huh, yeah. For the brilliance yeah. to be able to pour, oh. pour forth. Yes, yeah, and that's certainly one of them. There, there, there are other reasons, too, I'm sure, but that certainly was something that was very positive that came out of that, that, okay, yes, you've made a mistake. You need to own up to it. You need to cop to it, and you need to um, admit it, and then you need to fix it. Do what you can to fix it. And so that's just what I've been working That's actually part of what I've been working on for the past week or so. What sounds is, like uh, taking care of this it era. sounds like it works. You know, David, talk to me a little bit about stories in that, you know, like you said, many of us will have something adverse happen in our life and we go, oh, my goodness, and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And we've got this entire mm -hmm. play already written, this drama already written. What if... I mean, and, and to me, you know, if, if you're going to spin a story, make it a good one. Uh -huh. and, and for me, <laughs> seriously, because, you know, yeah. if, if what you put out there, if what you focus on is what's going to show up, then if I get to pick it, I want to pick something really awesome. So mm -hmm. if something adverse at work happens, I don't know the details of what happened for you, but if something adverse like that happens, 
are we able to spin it in a way of saying, wow, initially this looked like a nightmare. However, in this too, there is blessing. And maybe my job is to find the blessing in this situation. And Mm. when we see it, I honestly think the blessing finds us. And so those are the kind of stories that I try not to fall into the story mode and, Mm -hmm. and try to stay in that present moment. And when I catch myself going into the story mode, that's when I'll say, okay, if you're going to spin one, make it a good one. Let's turn this around. What if the universe is conspiring on my behalf? And the only way that it can bring me this amazing thing that's going to bring into my life is if this had to happen first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever think those kind of thoughts? That, well, it's a, it's a practice to do that. It's very much a practice. And you're right. You have a choice over your, you have a lot of choice over your stories. I mean, you may not have uh, um, control over all of your circumstances. Right. But you certainly have a lot of control over your reaction to them and your stories about your circumstances. And, but I think it also is as much of a um, spiritual practice, in a sense, than anything else, to really pay attention to what is it that you're telling yourself what is it and, and how is it serving you? And if it's not, what is it that keeps you in that? And, and for me, it, it's interesting. I don't know if you know of Martin Seligman, who wrote um, a book called Authentic Happiness. He talks about how there is a certain proclivity for some people to be tend towards optimism and a certain, certain um, number of people who tend towards pessimism. And it's interesting because, you know, here he is, the man on authentic happiness and learned, uh, sure. learned um, optimism and whatnot. And he de- identifies himself as a pessimist. And it really is a practice. Uh, it, it's, his work has really changed cognitive psychology in the way just as you're speaking, is looking at what is it that you're telling yourself and how is it that, and coming up with a structure for how are you going to stop yourself, identify it, and then change the story if it needs to be changed. But it is a practice. And oh, it is totally. a discipline. Um, and you, you need, you, you have to work at it like anything else. And because of that, sometimes it's like, you know, going running or exercising or what sure. have you. Sometimes you fall out of it. And I think one of the important pieces with, with related to that is the fact that when you do fall out of it, to not then get in a whole big story around, oh, see, I have failed again. <laughs> it's funny. It's right and... where I was going is, is that so many times we are the best person in the world at beating ourselves up. Yes. And to me, it's like the time that I think we beat ourselves up the most is when we're already in a hole. And yes. beating ourselves up is like digging the hole deeper rather than mm-hmm. finding a way to climb out of the hole. Yeah. Rather than looking at the ladder right next to you, exactly. saying, hmm, I could probably use this. Right yeah, exactly, now. and it's like, well, but but we all do it. It's just human nature. Yeah. So it brings me back to my question for you, David: Is how do you stay balanced? Do you have specific steps or practices that you do each and every day as part of your regular routine that kind of keep you on track? Hmm, I do have uh, practices that I do. Um, and uh, I do a walking meditation um, in the morning and the evening. And when I remember in the middle of the day, which is hard to do sometimes when you're caught up in the middle of it. Um, and I do have um, my own teacher that I work with that I see on a fairly regular basis who we just check in and see 
where are you? And, and it really is a lot about, okay, well, what are you telling yourself? And how are you with, with this story that you're telling yourself? And how might you change this? And, and there's a very important point, too. I can't remember exactly where I read this um, and who said this. And you, you, might, you might recognize it. But something, I'm going to paraphrase what I remember. Mm-hmm. It's like something that it's easy to be um, enlightened in the monastery. Oh, it's yeah. easy to be, it's easier, I should say. I'd, I'd really, sh- not to put down. It's the, less the difficult. Monastery. It's less difficult. Yep. But when you're dealing with relationships, with parents, with in-laws, with children, with spouses, and you're in the middle of you know, all those stories interacting with one another, that is probably the biggest spiritual challenge, is to be in, in the world, in the middle of all that, mm-hmm. and in the middle of the conflicts that you have, especially when those conflicts flare up and hard feelings start to surface. That is the time where you can really see how strong one's, I guess, spiritual resilience is. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, I can't um, claim that I am at a point where I'm completely resilient with that. It still is difficult when I run into true relational relationship issues to stay in that moment and to stay in a point where I'm not diving down into, oh, you did this or you did that, and you, sh- you should have, One, you know, p- pointing at the other person what they're doing wrong, and then turning in on myself of, oh, I, I should not have done this, or I am bad, or I am, you know, I am not um, worthy of, of whatever it is, and, and all those negative things. So both of those can just kind of cave in on yourself. So when that happens, that is a good question. But what has worked is, and, and this is fairly recent, is just saying out loud, what is this that you're telling yourself? <laughs> no kidding. Just like you. In, in a very, like, you know, like, t- you know, really, tell me, what is it that you're telling yourself here? Is this really useful? And kind of not getting angry at myself, but kind of challenging myself in sure. that tone of voice. And it's it, fascinating how that kind of, that, that works. Um, in addition to doing the walking meditation or becoming quiet, perhaps there are times where it's okay to get a little, you know, it not, mm, well, it's kind of how to, that's an interesting Zen koan, how to get in one's own face. Um, but to really. <laughs> Sounds like the title of your next book. <laughs> right. No, I don't know about, well, <laughs> let's, we'll work on this, getting this one out in the world first, but it's, um, it, the, the, I, I find that okay. It's it's okay to just speak it out loud and make you make it hear, have my ears hear that and say, okay, do I really want to? Do I really want to continue to be in this space? Is this really serving even the sure. pe- person who's angry at me? It's not even serving them for me to be to to be in that negative, unhelpful, useless, or, or not so useful space. It's actually helping them more if I say, okay, I'm going to change this story. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get back into a little bit more powerful stance yes, and position sure. and attitude, and then I can actually serve myself and even serve the person who's angry with me and start fixing whatever issue it is, or or at least addressing the issue if it can't be fixed and acknowledging it from a place of not victimhood or or um, or what's the, what's the word I'm looking for blame exactly victimhood right. or blame, but more from a fi- space of what is it 
then I can contribute here, even exactly. though emotions are flaring. Well, you know, David, I think what I love most about what you wrote that I read and why I wanted to talk to you and specifically what's coming up now for me is you're real, you're human. Sometimes when I read a book by someone who seems that they are so enlightened and so out of touch with real stuff, issues that people deal with, and mm-hmm. I love the fact that you still have to sometimes, you know, smack yourself up along the head and say, hey, wait a minute, cut it out. What are you doing here? Right. Because it means that it makes you approachable. It makes, it makes you like one of us. Well, and therefore, yeah. if you're still going through the same kind of thing, I don't know. It just makes it more authentic for me to be able to say he gets this because he's still dealing with this, too. So I would well, say kudos to you for this, not beat yourself up for this, because it, it puts you right there in the midst of humanity. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, uh, and all of that is quite true. When you say sometimes you yell at yourself, it's like, okay, I look at my watch. What time is it now? Oh, I haven't, it's been a while, a few hours since I've noticed that my story has gone haywire again. Um, and it's interesting, my teacher does the same thing. He'll, you know, when he offers his suggestions he says and by the way when i do this it lasts about 10 minutes um but in in i must say too um in the past month or so as i've been um, working on putting this book out um there's been a lot of really almost demons in me saying who are you what are you what where do do you get off And, and at some point this interesting thought fell into me and said you know Maybe you're not even close to, you know, the the way you want to be in the world, but, you know, the one thing you can at least demonstrate that even in spite of all the difficulties and, and even anxieties that you're facing, you still kept going. You know, you still kept pushing through. You still kept working on it. You did what you could do. And, sure. and you're, you're, you're actually, you're bringing something out into the world. And you can at least be an example of folks of who are also facing the same kind of concerns or anxieties or worries or stories of I'm not good enough or I don't know what I'm doing. It's like in spite of that, you can still grab the courage to to move forward. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm beginning to, to and... understand firsthand. I've always heard that courage is not the absence of fear, but it's proceeding in spite of fear. And that's always been a nice little... Um, pithy saying, but <laughs> to really get it, it's like, oh, now I understand it. Now yeah. I understand it. Just you're continuing in spite of the fact that you you have all these these stories whirling in the background, and giving them strength doesn't help. So, um, so that's 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 one thing I can at least offer to folks. So thank and you for that. Absolutely, and we greatly appreciate that. Well, I can't wait to read the book. Again, coming out September 23rd. Did I get that right? September 23rd? September 23rd. In fact, I have had reports from folks who have already started receiving it from their book. The bookstores are actually selling it already. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so if people want to go out and buy it, I... I had uh, thought the rules said, well, you can't do that, but I'm learning a lot about publishing these days. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, this has um, been great fun so far, David. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom with us, and I'm really grateful for the insights that you've shared with us already. mm -hmm. However, if you were to summarize right now, right here, your greatest wisdom, what have you learned that you'd want to pass on to others? Hmm. 
Let me see what comes in the silence here. Give me a moment. Certainly. Well, I think it really boils down to um, if I pulled out what I had said in the in the inspiration, you know, mind your stories and nourish those that serve and change that do not change those that do not. And it's far easier said than done, for many of our darker stories have cut grooves in the primordial stones of our psyche, and the river of mind all too easily turns back into these dark and shadowy valleys. So mind also your story about changing your story. Be quick to forgive both yourself and your world should the story be slow to change. I, I think that, to me, certainly that is one of the core learnings that I'm going through right now. And, and, I, and that would be what I would, would offer to folks. It's beautiful. I can tell you that you're onto something here that to me is truth in that when you mm-hmm. read that, I closed my eyes and I had goosebumps head to toe. <laughs> Thank you. So thank you. thank you for sharing it. I greatly appreciate it. We're here to help mm-hmm. get the word out about this amazing book and the work that you're doing in the world. Just let us know if there's anything else you need. David, at this point, with everything that you've already done, the new book that you have coming out, if you had just one more thing that you could accomplish or experience in your lifetime, what would it be? One more thing that it would accomplish your experience. I've asked this question of all of our luminaries. The Mm -hmm. youngest was six and the oldest was 104. And some of the answers that I got back make me fall over laughing and some, you know, bring tears. And I never know what someone's going to say. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know what I'm going to say either. That's That's okay. (laughs) Oh, of course. No, no. I mean, it's one thing I have learned is, well... One, okay, so the, the question is being one more thing I would want to experience. Accomplish or experience? It, 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 it will experience. Accomplishments, I find, they, they can be distracting. Mm-hmm. But the experience of being even more deeply connected with those whom I love, without all the pains and hurts and worries and slights that have happened between us. More more of that, more of that connection. Excellent. I would love to, be, that, that, that would be what I would love to have. Well, something tells me you're well, you're well on your way. <laughs> Is there anything else, David, about your work or any just anything else wisdom-wise that you'd like to share with us or add in closing? There is. The, the thing, as you were asking the question, the thing that, that came to me was to I, a large part of this work that I've done with the book is, is certainly looking at one's own life, um, but an even larger part... Um, is looking at the larger story of who we are as a species, who we are as a as a society, 
and looking at that story too and changing from this story of separation that we've that's been brewing with us for about you know 10,000 years ever since we started getting serious about agriculture that we not only change our personal stories but we also start looking at what is the wider story that is not serving and what is the wider story that needs to come into its place and that's the main reason why I wrote that book it wrote this book is to have that as an offering of here is a possible retelling of our creation story and here is a possible retelling of how we fit into not just the web of life and on on earth but also in the cosmos and what is our connection all the way back to the beginning of all beginnings Mm, love it (laughs) this has been a great time spending with you and again david thank you for taking the time there's something really that resonates with me about what you're writing and what you're saying i really look forward to the treat of reading the holy universe as soon as it comes out in just a few days and encourage our readers to go do the same our listeners to go do the same so thank you again for being with us today and for sharing the wisdom with us that you have you're so welcome and i so appreciate your willingness to bring me to your program absolutely you're most welcome again to our listeners you can find out more about today's luminary david christopher by going to Inspire Me Today, just put in his name, David Christopher. That's an easy one. And there you'll find the links to buy the book. You'll find his written inspiration that so inspired me that made me want to talk to him in the first place, as well as his bio profile and other information. So go check it out when you can. And also to our listeners, thank you for spending part of your day with us. Come on back again next week. We'll bring you inspiration from another incredible luminary. And until then, remember... It's only when you have the courage to step off the ledge that you'll realize you've had wings all along. We're here for you. We love you. We'll see you again tomorrow. And thanks again for stopping by.